Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin were presented by Progressive Insurance. Hope your Monday is going well. All of our guests on the Shell Pennzoil performance line, including Tony Dungy, the Hall of Famer. It's going to be great. He's going to provide a couple of different perspectives. He was in the booth Saturday night to watch that classic between Clemson and Notre Dame. And then he, of course, was in the studio last night to get his perspective on Sunday night football. That's stunning. Saints runaway against the Bucks, and of course he lives in Tampa. So Tony, all things college football, biggest game of the weekend in that sport, and then the biggest game in the NFL. Tony, all over it with us this morning at eight ten a.m. Eastern. Key, you just gave the qualifications for MVP. So it seems to reason: Are we taking for granted a guy that threw yesterday for three hundred seventy-two yards, thirty for forty-five, four touchdowns, and essentially saying now for your runaway choice for MVP, Patrick Mahomes? ho-hum, that's just another Sunday. It, it is just another Sunday, right? Is that crazy we're taking that for granted? No, I don't think I'm taking it for granted at all. You I think, think some are? No, no, because what, what happened is Russell Wilson got out to such a, a, a big historic. start, right? He was like historic. It was the first four games. He was ridiculous. Even though Patrick Mahomes was just warming up, right? They were warming up. And, and so when you look at it, it's like, okay, we know what he is. And, and so – what you going to say? And, but then after Russell came Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doing more with less. And so you start to look at that a little bit, and you're like, man, these dudes is on fire. They're ridiculous. So, you know, based on just how flawless Patrick Mahomes and cool and collective and calm he is when things aren't going well, then all of a sudden he just turns – it's like he turns on a switch. It's like basketball to me. It's like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. He like just – Okay, no problem, man. I, I see what y'all are trying to do. Now he turns on the switch, and the rest is history. And I think Aaron Rodgers, the same thing. Now, look, Russell Wilson, you know, he played okay yesterday against the Bills. Didn't play great, didn't play bad, just played okay. Didn't play well enough for them to win. And I think if you look at that, it drops him down in my eyes just a little bit in Aaron Rodgers based on the way he played against San Francisco. And I know people say, oh, it was the Niners, it was the Niners. So what? doesn't matter. Uh, he's still – was out there, and him and Devontae Adams went to work. But Patrick Mahomes has gotten this momentum going now, Jay, that he moves back up to the top for me. And it's going to be a seesaw battle over the next several weeks until this thing closes out. I just want to say, Key, welcome to the Patrick Mahomes train. I know I was on this train a couple weeks ago. The, the guy is thrown for 25 TDs and one interception. 25 TDs and one interception. Let that sink in. I mean, and, and he actually, he's thrown for 2,687 yards. Now, I know, I, I just thought over a matter of time, the weapons that he has and the style in which they play and the defense was going to be an issue uh, for Patrick Mahomes that would help him win this whole thing. I mean, granted, we're halfway throughout the course of the season, but I thought one of the issues for Russ moving forward is just that defense. He would be in so many shootouts that he would be forced to take a lot more chances. Now, I, I've never seen... Russ get hit the way he got hit yesterday. Key, have you? Not in a long time. No. He got punished yesterday. Bill's got a good defense. And and I'd like to see that interception from Patrick Mahomes. Like, what? It, I don't remember it, but right. what was it? Was it a Hail Mary at the end of a half or end of the game? Was it a tip ball, the receiver? I like to see it, right? Because I'm just off the top of my head. I don't remember him just throwing it to the other team. 
Like, here, here you go. So it had to be some circumstances in there, in my opinion, for that interception to even take place. So we are asking this morning, who is your MVP? Key clear with Patrick Mahomes. Jay's been on the Patrick Mahomes train for quite some time. I want to round out your top three here in a second. But again, if you're with us in the car, at Zoom, sitting at your dining room table, logging on to work, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Key, J and Z. Simply put, who's the NFL MVP. Want to give you a couple numbers here to accentuate Mahomes a little more and then get the fellas top three. Here we go. The Chiefs threw the ball almost four times as many times as they ran it. I know Andy Reid loves to throw and balance is there. Four to one, essentially, Mm. pass-to-run ratio. Also, keep in mind, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, after that great opening game against the Texans on Thursday night football, September 10th, open the season, he is really decelerated. Yes, he's turning into a blocker, but teams are figuring him out, so they're not getting much from Alaire. Very quiet game from Le'Veon Bell yesterday as well, further accentuating the need for somebody like from Mahomes to step up. And they were playing from behind. So, you, you know, when you play from behind, there's a tendency from offensive coordinators to be impatient and start throwing the ball a little bit more, especially when your offensive weapons is better than the defensive secondary and linebackers of the Panthers. That's right. Now let's get to two and three. It's top three. Again, at home, we want your top one, your MVP, 888-ESPN, Key, J, and Z. Key, let's start with you. Mahomes, an obvious number one. You mentioned who are two and three, and then we'll get Jay's two and three. Well, Patrick Mahomes is one, Aaron Rodgers is two, and Russell Wilson is three. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah, but doesn't mean that, but it doesn't mean it's going to end that way. Of it just means right now, based on what I saw last week, what I saw this past weekend, puts them in that category of one, two, and three. Jay, I, I have Patrick Mahomes number one. I have Aaron Rodgers uh, number three. I have Russell Wilson number two. Now I know why people will probably go crazy about Aaron Rodgers being third, even though he's only he's thrown for twenty four TDs and two interceptions. Uh, which is incredible. But unfortunately, I look at quality of competition. And when I look at the competition that I've seen Aaron Rodgers play against, when you think about the Vikings, the Lions, uh, the Saints, obviously it's a good team. We saw them play last night. The Falcons, Texans, they lost to the Vikings, 49ers. I feel like the quality of competition that Russ has had to go up against has been a little bit better. So I give him the slight advantage for now. But if Russ keeps trending in this direction of throwing so many INTs, then it's going to be hard for me to have him number two next week. Vikings are playing better. They're playing better football. They've right? won two in a row. They're yeah. three and five. Knocked off the Packers a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. So, so when you start to look at the 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 slate of competition that these individuals are playing, I mean, it to me is doesn't really matter because they all are kind of like they're not playing a bunch of Detroit's. It's not a bunch of Jacksonville Jaguars in their way. That's who Rogers is next, by the way. Yeah. Chance to pad the stats. So exactly. he's going to do his job against them. But then you can say the same thing. You could say you could look and say the same thing about KC. They're going to play Denver, you know, at some point. They're going to play Denver, right? I mean, that's just what it is. And so when you start to look at these type of teams and these quarterbacks going up against certain teams, they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is get the W's and put the statistics up there no matter who's in front of them. Well, Let's think try- about this for yeah. Russ, too. I mean, their next game at Rams, yep. at L.A., Right and that yeah, defense, tough, and then and then Cardinals as well. So and then Kansas City is on the bye, so he doesn't have to terrorize anybody for another week. Defensive coordinators can sleep easy. We're asking the Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin Nation, who's the MVP right now? You got plenty of choices. 
And the early returns say 43% of you agree with Key and Jay. Patrick Mahomes, 21% say Russell Wilson, 20% say Rogers, 16% say Josh Allen. Mm. At Johnny underscore Hakes, hit us up on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, said, quote, with Mahomes and his myriad weapons on offense, the Chiefs have the ability to score their way out of trouble. No lead is safe. No question exactly. he's the NFL's most valuable Play. You know who's not on that list? Big Ben. But Interesting, Big, Big huh? Big Ben's not on that list, and you know what's so crazy? Is you know Drew Brees got weapons too. Right. It's, so it's, it's, it's all about how you set it up. Because I'm sure Drew Brees, in, 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 if you ask the New Orleans Saints players, they would say Drew Brees should be in a conversation too, despite him having maybe more interceptions than those other guys. But – Look what he's doing. That's what they would say. Let's try to squeeze in one quick call on the MVP conversation. Nick from Louisiana, you're not going to go Drew Brees, but you're going one of his teammates. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Alvin Kamara. Yeah, he he, he is, Why he is Why? certainly he is certainly an MVP. There's no question about it. I mean, it's he the coldest back I've seen. Him and McCaffrey are the two coldest backs on on terms of catching the ball as well as running the ball since Marshall Falk. How about that? That's but we saw yeah, Christian McCaffrey uh, not winning a, a year ago. Why would, why would Kamara win it? I mean, the numbers he put up a year ago were, were sick. It was stupid. It's going to be hard to win the MVP at that position unless you're 2,000 yards or more. I mean, it's just going to be hard because quarterbacks win. Nick, give us the real spiel here. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the plug here for Alvin Kamara? Why? It's just he could do anything. He could run the ball. He could catch the ball. If, you, if he needs to do a punt return, kickoff return, he could do everything. Fair enough. M- Marshall Falk-like. Yeah. Mm. We saw Falk running, catching out of the backfield. Great comparison. On the way, earlier this season, Dan Orlovsky, our ESPN NFL analyst, dozen years in the league, said his MVP was Josh Allen. Is he changing his tune? Or after yesterday, is he back on the Allen bandwagon? Dan will join us next. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Why aren't we talking about Ben Roethlisberger? Why aren't we talking about Drew Brees? Could be somebody else. We just had a caller in our last segment say a non-quarterback, which is really shaking up the foundation, going with Alvin Kamara. But he made a great point that it, literally Kamara can do anything and everything on the football field. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. If he had 1,500 rushing and 1,500 receiving, 
then that'll push him in there. Kind of like that Roger Craig, right? Thousand receiving, thousand rushing. That's very rarely but a been done. Thousand receiving and a thousand rushing is not going to get him there. Right? Not in today's NFL. Not in today's NFL. But he's got a. You think about running backs that have won the MVP. It's all 2,000-yard guys. Mm-hmm. Mm. So there you go. Right. Adrian Peterson being the last. Let's bring in Dan Orlovsky, our ESPN football analyst, dozen years in the league on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Good morning, Dan. First things first, got to mention that our Dr. Pepper Twitter feed this morning is who is the MVP. Patrick Mahomes is running away with our listeners, callers, and viewers. Who is your front runner for MVP right now? Yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. I kind of started feeling that way last week when I started to – just hone in on what was going on with that position in the NFL. And then if you look at his last two weeks, he's got like 900 yards and nine touchdowns. And honestly, Z, he's just playing like 80% of how good he can be playing, just mainly because they know they're everybody, they're better than everybody else, so they're try- kind of just going through their games. He hasn't even needed to turn the switch on, but their playbook is just so unlimited with him. And uh, he's the leader right now. I'd say Patrick's at one. Um Probably Rodgers at two. I would put Russell at three, Josh Allen four, Tom Brady five. Yeah, I'm not top three. I mean, I don't care about the the third, the fourth, or the fifth guy, though, Dan. I'm, the top three, we're on the same, same page with that. And that's only because Russell Wilson obviously lost to Buffalo yesterday, and he didn't play bad, didn't play great. But, King, who did he lose to? Who did he lose to? Who played quarterback for Buffalo? <laughs> okay, <yesterday>? now <laughs> here we go. You getting ready to go with that damn wagon again. Get him, Dan. You, you getting ready who, to go with that damn you I, I didn't hear your mouth for three I, weeks. I'm just asking, King. <laughs> I'm just asking. Who, don't, who, don't, who did Russell hey. play, play and lose to yesterday? I, get I him, know, Dan. Dan, but don't try me because I didn't hear you say a peep for the last three weeks. But here, let's stay with the quarterbacks for a minute. We, you and I, we talk about this when we're together on NFL Live. What the hell is wrong with Lamar Jackson? Like, what, what is wrong with him in terms of throwing the football? Yeah, I mean, I think if you go back to last year and, and what they excelled with or what he excelled with throwing the football, it was work in the middle of the field and the play-action pass. And so much was predicated on their run game was – Everything looked the same, and so they would get these gashing throws. Now, he made a ton of plays outside of the pocket and then also in their empty package. And the reality is they don't have the same personnel. Their run game's not nearly as good. If you watched that game yesterday against Indy, there was a bunch of penetration that happened early. He was not good in their RPO game. I'd say this, Keen, you guys know this. Like Last year, they threw when they wanted to, right? Like They threw when they wanted to, and it was just – we would show a defense run, and we would throw out of it. And this year, they're throwing a lot of times because they have to. The defenses are dictating to them. And Lamar's just not that player right now. He's just not that player yet. And when you can't consistently throw the ball to every part of the field, 53 and a third, sideline to sideline, and still you know, at least somewhat downfield with your, with your ability to push the ball in explosive plays, you're limited in your pass game. Lamar in this offense is limited. You can't throw the ball outside, and you can't create chunks in your pass game. And he doesn't have the, like, the little things that a guy like, let's say, Drew Brees. Drew's got those, those little things in his game where timing, he's the best timing quarterback in the NFL. His ability to manipulate defenders with his eyes, he's the best eye you know, manipulator in the NFL. Lamar doesn't have that in his game. And so when you're kind of limited with what you can do with the ball – and then the kind of uncoachable things, your pass game is going to be very, very basic. Let me, let me ask you this real quick, Dan. Can they win a Super Bowl? 
No. Okay. Mm. No. And I didn't think he, I didn't think they would before the season. I thought missing out on the three tight end package and Yonda not having that, I don't think they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Dan, you said last night, this is the worst offensive game plan I have seen from any NFL team all season. And I've watched every jet snap at Buccaneers. <laughs> this is two in a row like this. Uh, tell me what you mean. Well, first of all, watching the Jets makes you appreciate, like, how poor some coaching game plans are. And then you watch last night with the Bucks, and you're going, okay, first snap of the game. First snap of the game, you single up your rookie tackle against um, Cam Hayward. Or Cam Jordan, excuse me. That's stupid. Like, don't – why? it's the first snap of the game. Don't do that to your, your rookie tackle. And then the second – the first third down of the game, your second pass attempt – you get into a three-by-one set. The Saints are playing man-to-man coverage. And you throw a three-yard out route, a stick route to Rob Gronkowski. What? Like, Rob Gronkowski has showed you very clearly this year, don't ask him to break down in his routes. That's not what he can do. Just keep his body moving. So you're going to have him do a route where he's got to chop his feet and run away from a defender? That's a terrible game plan. The second series, they get to second and 20 because of penalty. It happens. They throw a five-yard pass. Was your goal to get to third and 15? Because on third and 15, you throw a screen, pra- screen pass. Like, what was the goal in that two-play series? Third, the third series, they get the third down. It's like they don't have any concept of the ability to motion, create matchups, create leverage. They just break the huddle, line up, and like, hey, this is how we're going to line up, guys. You can cover us up. This is what you got. It's just poor game planning. Like, you watch teams in the NFL and how they game plan. You're like, man, they got a really good pace of what they can do. And they know how to attack the defense. And yesterday it was Tampa Bay, Bruce Arians, and Byron Leftwich going, you know what, we're just going to throw plays against the wall and see if they'll work. And see if they'll work. And, yes, and they weren't working. And all of a sudden you're like waiting for an adjustment. Show me the adjustment. Do something different. And there was never anything done differently. And this is the second time in a row. This is the second game plan in a row that they've been outcoached by the other team. So how much of that onus do you put on Tom Brady as opposed to the coaching staff? Yeah, that's a good question. RC brought that up today. I think we're going to get into it on Get Up a little bit. Like, I, I can't put this on Tom Brady because he, he, didn't, he didn't play defense. He didn't have bad eyes with Jamal Dean. He, he didn't not have the ability to get after Drew Brees. Now, offensively, <clears throat> like, Tom, Tom used to motion a ton in New England. And they haven't done it a lot in Tampa. Maybe it's because Bruce Arians doesn't know it or whatnot, or they're not comfortable doing it. There's got to be some burden kind of bared by or borne by Tom Brady to go, okay, what we're doing isn't working. Like, I can't imagine he loved that first third down call. Like, I, I just can't imagine him going, you know what, that, that to Gronk was our best option. Well, talking about best options, Chicago Bears are running out of options, and so is Matt Nagy, right? Dan, I think when you look at what yeah. they have left, there's no Mitch Trubisky banged up. They got to stick with foes. Is Matt Nagy job security on the line right now? Oh, for sure. All eyes are on Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, their general manager. Listen, the, the kind of the blame, you can't throw it at Mitch Trubisky anymore, guys. And, I, Key, I remember all last year going – you're using Mitchell Trubisky the wrong way. You're using Mitchell Trubisky the wrong way. But Matt Nagy, this is what you wanted. This is the bed that you wanted to lay in. You wanted to run this offense that you learned from Andy Reid. 
You wanted to run this Kansas City Chiefs offense when it's the ball distribution at quarterback. This is the quarterback that you chose, and this is the style of ball that you wanted to play. It's on you now because you can't blame the young Mitchell Trubisky failed draft pick anymore. And you can't tell me that Chicago's weapons are terrible. You can't. Allen Robinson's a good, solid player. Jimmy Graham's okay. Montgomery's a good, solid back. Anthony Miller's a good player. Mooney's a good player. Like, they've got decent skill players. And no, their offensive line's not great, but I've seen coaches mitigate bad offensive lines before. Matt Nagy's not doing that. And so all eyes, because the reality is this is a championship-level defense. This is a playoff-caliber defense. And right now they're sitting back watching their head coach and play caller fail them and going, you're not doing a good enough job. Because we've seen it with two different style of quarterbacks right now. We've seen the failure with a athletic young quarterback, and we've seen the failure with a pocket passing play action quarterback. Complete failure by Matt Nagy. And there's no one else to blame anymore. You can't bench the quarterback anymore. He's already there. So all eyes on Nagy and Ryan Pace. Dan, two young quarterbacks squared off yesterday, obviously two and Kyler Murray. How do you see their futures going? I see both of them winning MVP of the NFL at some point. That's how good I think these two young players are. And I got to apologize to the Dolphins organization because I thought no way they should play Tua. I, I just thought Ryan Fitzpatrick's playing too well. You got to play off caliber football team. I want him to get healthy. That would be the worst decision of my life, Key. I want him to get healthy. <laughs> and then I watched, I watched last week, and he didn't need to do much, but he showed some signs. Like there's three plays last week that look good. And then I watched yesterday, I go, holy smokes. He looks like the kid that Alabama, when they would, you know, when he looked like he was the best player on the field when he was at Alabama, that's what he looked like yesterday. Ball coming out on time. Ridiculous. And, Key, you've probably heard me say this before. There's a difference in the NFL quarterback from being accurate and being having great ball placement. You know, a, a lot of quarterbacks are accurate. Having ball placement is what it looks like when you're Drew Brees. You know, or Russell Wilson, where you pull, you, you can walk it out to receiver and, and throw it exactly where you want to, and you just hand it to him. That's what Tua looked like yesterday. And now I'm going, man, he looked like a difference-making playmaker at the position, and I'm going, the Dolphins are in the playoffs. I mean, they're 5-3 and three right now, and they're going to be in the playoffs. Their schedule is not brutal. And uh, they were absolutely right to put two on the field. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Right now, if the playoffs started today, of course they don't, but we love saying that as sportscasters. If the playoffs started today, the Dolphins would actually be in the seven mm-hmm. spot. And remember, this year there are seven teams in the playoffs. We got two and Kyler yesterday. We'll get two and Herbert next week. And for everything two a day. Wow. The best thing you did yesterday was a 17-yard scramble, and boy, did that probably feel good after that dislocated help to help seal the victory, and the Dolphins go 5-3. and We'll see you at Get Up with Greeny and the gang, RC, Ryan Clark, 8 Eastern on ESPN. Dan, thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Thanks, Dio. Always great to have his perspective. So the NFL MVP, he's in lockstep with you guys. It's easy. It's Patrick Mahomes. We're asking you... On the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, is it Mahomes? Is it anybody else? Is it a non-quarterback? Kedron in Virginia is on ESPN Radio. Kedron, who is the NFL's MVP? Uh, I'm most definitely a Kansas City Chiefs fan with Patrick Mahomes, but y'all disrespecting Ben Roethlisberger, two-time Super Bowl champion, and they haven't lost yet. Granted, it was a bad showing yesterday, and he got injured, but he still played through it and won. No, he's in the conversation. He's in. Yeah. The, you can have the conversation, but we're not disrespecting him. He can. Ha- we can have the conversation about him. But when you look at these other guys, they're out in front. 
and he it's, he can't catch them because they're so far out in front. Patrick Mahomes threw for damn near 1,000 yards in the last two games, nine touchdowns and zero interceptions. Yeah, Keedron's not on the line anymore, but I think maybe one thing he wanted to add was if you take a look at the two guys the Steelers used at quarterback last year after Roethlisberger got hurt, you just simply change that spot, put yeah. Big Ben back Absolutely. in, and suddenly they're undefeated. But, but that's why I always say guys are backups for a reason. <laughs> right. And that's just, you know, and stars like Ben and these other quarterbacks are starters and stars for a reason. No doubt about it. So you heard Orlovsky there moments ago tell us what's wrong with Lamar Jackson. Key's going to weigh in on his thoughts with what's wrong with the reigning MVP after this SportsCenter update. Freeze drops back to throw. Looking over the middle. Hit as he throws. Delivers. Touchdown, Emmanuel Sanders. Welcome back to the lineup, Emmanuel Sanders. And right on the goal line, Reaches it across, Breeze hit as he throws by Sue, but gets enough on it, and the Saints take a 20 to nothing lead here in the first half. It was actually 31 nothing at the half on WWL. No doubt about it. So here's the deal Saints roll 38 3. They sweep the season series, so they've got that game in hand, quote-unquote, if they need it. Emmanuel Sanders was great. Michael Thomas, Key's nephew, returned five, catches 51 yards. The return to the NFL of Antonio Brown, three catches, 31 yards. Brady said, quote, no excuses after the shellacking. No doubt who the number one team in college football is for the moment. Alabama ascends to the top spot. Notre Dame is up to two, though, after a program-defining win for Brian Kelly. Yes, I understand he's been in the playoff and he's been to the BCS title, but this was a you-better-start-paying-attention-to-us moment. Ohio State at three, Clemson falls to four, though Uyangalele was absolutely terrific. By the way, Clemson on the bye, Florida State next, Texas A&M, with Jimbo Fisher rounds out the top five after curb-stomping South Carolina. And one NASCAR note, we've got a champion. It's a season of champions crowned a little bit later than we normally expect. But NASCAR right there to give Chase Elliott the championship. Third youngest NASCAR champion. It's a great father-son moment as well because his father, Bill, if you're old enough to remember, the great Bill Elliott, also won the championship back in 88. They're the third father-son combination to pull that trick. Congratulations to him. Hmm. Sports Center brought to you by Pennzoil. Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. What is going on with Lamar Jackson? Key's going to pull the trigger. Let us know what's going on and why the unanimous MVP hasn't looked like himself. Key observations brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Ravens and Colts. Well, you say, what's the problem? What's the issues with Lamar? I think when you look at him yesterday, he was 19 to 23, 170 yards, and, and he pulled the ball down on the ground, a, a scamper for the touchdown. But I think it's just they haven't evolved in the passing game with Lamar. They haven't necessarily given him the opportunity to have a big-time playmaker on the outside. They drafted Hollywood Brown, so that was supposed to be the guy. But they've got to they've get him an alpha dog. They've got to get him one of those guys that these other young quarterbacks around the league has. You look at Dak Prescott, he has Amari Cooper. You look at Josh Allen, he has Stephon Diggs. This is, this is what you do with young quarterbacks. Even the Philadelphia Eagles went out and drafted Jalen Riggers to help Carson Wentz. I mean, this is what they have to do. They have to go find one in next year's draft. New York Giants at Washington. 
Manny, the Giants, Jake, the Giants might make the playoffs. They might win the division. We have a chance. (laughs) Are you still on this train? No, listen, think about it. The only team that has crushed them was the San Francisco 49ers. They've been in every other game. But you got to win some of those games. I understand that. (laughs) But the fact that they were able to steal that win yesterday, you build on that. This division's horrible. They have two wins. It's against the same team. They two wins against the same team. How many does the Eagles have? They're three, four, and one. Okay, so they got one more win than a tie. Stop hating, Zubin. They they might. I didn't say they they were. I said they might. They got the Eagles next week. They got the Eagles next week. They beat the Eagles now, but they're even. Except the tie. Right. Zubin, it feels like you have a lot of hate. It feels like you have a lot of hate here. I I just don't want to be – this is a wild take, but like one in seven, it's hard to make the playoffs when you go one in seven out of the game. But they might go seven and nine and win the division. (laughs) Think about it. What if they go seven and nine and win the division? Daniel Jones was clean yesterday. I got to give him credit. Seven that was and nine. Forever. <laughs> Seven and nine and win the division. We saw Seattle do it. Why oh. can't they do it? What, what's Jay doing here? Hang on a second. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> All right. Next. <laughs> Bears and Titans. You know, Nick Foles, Nick Foles is all they have. There's no Mitch Trubisky for the Bears. Can't blame him anymore. Can't can't blame him. But Matt Nagy, these these so-called offensive guru types that hide behind successful head coaches and successful quarterbacks, and they get their head coaching jobs, and then they can't figure it out. Matt Nagy has not been able to figure it out since becoming the head coach of the Chicago Bears. He got the job because he was supposed to be an offensive specialist, coming from Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. What? What happened? They're, they're just, it's horrible. They're hurting, wasting the defense again. They're going to waste this defense again. Seahawks and Bills. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the Seahawks defense. Pete Carroll gets an extension and then also gives up the most points ever scored against the Seahawks in his tenure. As the head coach. What, that? that was interesting. I know he was sitting there saying, damn, well, at least I signed an extension before we gave up the points. <laughs> but when you look at it in all seriousness, I thought they would be better getting Jamal Adams back in the lineup. That certainly didn't help them at all. But I think when you look at it, they're going to get better. They just got to figure out how to gel. Once they get toward playoffs and get into the playoffs, that's really all that matters. Win the division, get in the playoffs, and see where your defense is at. Dolphins at Cardinals. The Miami Dolphins, they got it right. The Miami Dolphins and Brian Flores got it right with Tua becoming their starting quarterback. They were 3-3 three and three when he took over, and everyone scratched their head and said, why would you do this? I always said, middle of the season, they're going to start Tua. They did. They had a bye. They beat the Rams after the bye. Then they went to Arizona, took care of Arizona, which is somewhat of a hot football team in their own right. Tua got it done. I mean, it was so funny to hear people last week talk about the Dolphins own the fifth pick from the Texans and they're auditioning Tua. What are you talking about? They're not auditioning Tua to look at one of these other quarterbacks. I just hate sometimes when the media just starts to talk. And maybe auditioning him for a future Pro Bowl opportunity or something like that. He looked absolutely outstanding. Auditioning him? That's just a waste of conversation, much like Brian Flores said. Yeah, real Mm. quick, if you missed that story last week, there was a report out there that essentially because the Dolphins do have the fifth overall pick in next year's draft, who was drafted fifth overall this past season, as you know, that maybe, just maybe, the Dolphins were auditioning him to see what they have in him, and if they didn't like what they saw, they would move on and maybe draft somebody at fifth overall. It was a crazy story to begin with, but I think if you saw him yesterday, there's plenty to like. He's third option. 
observation was on the Bears, and you can't blame Mitch Trubisky anymore. He's out with a shoulder injury. I know you wanted to weigh in on that, Jay. I did. I have a little bit of a Twitter beef with a guy named at Kev Gourmet. He's big on the show. Follows us. Because we always get into beef. And it was four weeks ago, Key, I said that I wasn't a believer in the Chicago Bears. Mm -hmm. I thought that their offense was inept. I said that I thought they were going to lose three games in a row, Zubin. Not sure if you remember that. Mm-hmm. This is myself with a Keyshawn moment. Pat on the back. Patting myself on the back. And it seems like they may lose four in a row with the way the Vikings are playing right now, winning two in a row. And then the next game after that, at the Packers. So just to confirm on that, Key, doubling down on your Chicago Bears. And my last observation I feel like we missed, I just want to give him some love. Josh Allen lost his grandmother mm-hmm. Saturday night, mm-hmm. turned around, and had a big-time win on Sunday. So just want to give him some love after obviously going through that with his family. Great point. I'm glad you brought that up. Those are life decisions where we talk about football so much. Last thing I would just say quickly on the Bears to follow up. Think about how quickly things change in the NFL. Less than two years ago, Matt Nagy is driving to the airport to pick up Khalil Mack after supposedly fleecing John Gruden. It's just the start of big things. We get to the playoffs. Yeah, we lose the crazy double-doink playoff game to the Eagles, but don't worry. The future is bright. Trubisky makes just enough plays. We got Khalil Mack. We're building And now he's on one of the most scalding hot seats in the NFL. Think about how quickly things have changed Mm. in a span of just two years. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. How can fans storm the field if no fans are at games? We did see it over the weekend in one of the biggest games of the weekend. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Notre Dame coming off that incredible win Saturday night over Clemson. But before we go to Saturday night, let's hear from Notre Dame head coach Brian Kelly before the game Saturday, during the walkthrough, saying this in a very strong way. I told our team at our walkthrough today, I said, listen, I just want you to know when we win this thing, the, the fans are going to storm the field. And, you know, with COVID being it is, as it is, we got to get off the field and get to the tunnel. Now, I beat them all to the tunnel. So that didn't go over so good. But they reminded me that I did tell them that. Um, so my, uh, my skills of um, – prognostication is uh, was pretty good today Notre Dame football what the hell are we doing you're having one of your best years in program history yes there's a pandemic going on your president John Jenkins has caught COVID after saying it wasn't a big thing like 
People are rowing about it in newspapers at Notre Dame. How do you allow fans to storm the field? How? This one's on, this one's on the university. 100% on the university because kids are going to be kids. But this is on the university. Period. They've already had an outbreak before the season began, so indeed Coach Kelly was clairvoyant. I love when he said, when we win, like there was no doubt about it. We should mention, if you saw it Saturday night, I'm guessing many of you did. We're also airing it on ESPN News here. There were exactly 11,011 people at the game. Obviously a very small attendance relative to Notre Dame standards, but honestly, there's only a handful of games this year across the country that have had 11,000-plus fans there, and seemingly almost all of them key were on the field at the end. Now, what happens if, if it becomes a major outbreak for the football team just uh, just talking about football you know let alone the students just the football team that was standing around with no mask on jumping up and down when the coach told y'all dumbasses to leave the field (laughs) and you know how people are against people partying drinking you know kids took their mask off kids don't care they're celebrating their loss in that moment if there's an outbreak on notre dame that, that, that between Brian Kelly and the president of the university, that's on them. And think about it. Last thing I would say there, Jay, the team standing across from them on Saturday, the entire story for their week was like, oh, my goodness, I hope there's not an outbreak other than Trevor Lawrence. And now the team that they're facing, that they prepped for, knowing that that team had an outbreak, they might be on the verge of one as well. We're obviously hope for the best. And the PA announcer was telling the kids to stand back, but that, come on. Right. Seriously, a PA announcer's up in the booth. Right. Where are the yellow jackets? Where are the individuals that a security that's saying don't get on the field in these situations. But, you know, different, different si- – put it this way, USC won. You didn't see nobody jumping on the field at USC because there wasn't <laughs> nobody in the stands. <laughs> at the Coliseum, that last second win, Keaton Slovis throwing a touchdown pass. He joined us last week. We gave him good karma. Threw that touchdown pass to knock off Arizona State. Keys, Trojans Somebody got are off right out west. to a 1-0 and start. Some really sad news, um, and this is way beyond sports. Alex Trebek – the legendary game show host, hosted many shows, but most notably Jeopardy, has died at the age of 80 after pancreatic cancer. I love Jeopardy. I still watch it. I grew up watching it. Jay, I know you're in the same boat. This is a guy that continued to battle and host the show, even though he had pancreatic cancer. And then toward the end, not to get too morbid, but essentially Alex (laughs) Trebek said, I'm going to have to stop my treatments if I want to have the quality of life I want to have. These drugs make me better, but there's too much pain. I'm going to stop taking them and enjoy what I have left in life. We lost a legend. This is a legend in Alex Trebek. Yeah, I remember watching Jeopardy uh, pretty much daily with my father. And uh, it was something that, you know, even being from Jersey, I, I told you that I am a huge Frank Sinatra fan. I remember I, I remember him saying a quote. He said, my musical development stopped the day Frank Sinatra passed away. Mm. Right. And, and just knowing that he was a big fan of Frank and just the way he the bar that he set. Uh, and obviously being on TV to be on TV that long. Right. To, de- to deal with everything that comes along with that from somebody in a position like this. Um, Just what an incredible life he was able to live. I'll just add two things to that, agreeing everything that you said. Uh, 8,200 shows, 30 years. So he did it for three decades. How well-rounded you have to be to host a show like that with the name pronunciations, different languages, all the things that went into making that show amazing. The last thing I would say, and this is something that I think, Keyshawn, you are all about, and I think this is something you may not realize because you've been in the public sphere for so long. Jay, same way for you, less of a degree for me. And that is... 
Jennifer Lawrence, you guys know the actress Jennifer Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Before she was Jennifer mm-hmm. Lawrence in a really big deal, she was at like one of the huge award shows where everybody's in the tuxedo and it's just a gigantic red carpet. And they asked her, who do you want to see more than anybody? You're a huge A-lister. Who do you want to see? Who do you want to meet tonight? You know what she said? Al Roker, who, by the way, just announced he has cancer Cancer. this weekend. You know why she said Roker? Because before I was Jennifer Lawrence, I was just a girl growing up as a kid. And I saw Al Roker on my TV every single day, and he made me smile before I went out the door. They've seen you for 25 years. They've Mm -hmm. seen you for 20 years. Never underestimate the connection you can make. You might never meet that person in the magic picture box known as the television, but if you're with them a half hour a night, whether you're Pat Sajak on Wheel of Fortune, <laughs> the legendary Bob Barker, Alex Trebek, a local newscaster, Al Roker, never underestimate the impact you can have. You may never touch that person, feel that person physically, but that connection every single day, five days a week, that person becomes like a member of your family. You feel like you know them even though you'll never meet them. It's the power of TV, and I think you guys have felt that as athletes, right? Key, you get recognized all the time, and I think this is the same thing yeah. for Trebek. A lot of people are mourning having never met him. No, it's, it's one of those deals. I didn't watch the show nearly as much as you guys, but, you know, I understand. 30 years of television and 30 years of sitting in people's family and homes is is something special indeed the the thing i really appreciate about alex at the end just his willingness to be open and vulnerable i mean that that quote you said about not taking his medication like that's that's something a lot of people you just keep quiet you keep private with your family i think to open to openly and outwardly state that um just puts a lot of things into perspective I agree. Legendary life lost at the age of 80. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Use code KJZ to get a free shot of millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Fellas, the NFL MVP right now is... Patrick Mahomes, I think, will end up winning MVP. I also got Patrick Mahomes in there. Mm -hmm. MVP is about the team and what you do for your team and how you're moving things along. Let's take a call. Who's the MVP? Key just made a strong case for Patrick Mahomes. Calvin, we got about 30 seconds. You're in San Antonio. Who's the MVP? I think you have to go with uh, with uh, Patrick Mahomes, but I wanted to pose this question to Jason and Keyshawn. What do you think Aaron Rodgers or uh, Russell Wilson would do with the same talent that Patrick Mahomes mm. have around them? And Good I'm one. Asking this question because, I'm asking this question because you guys say you have to consider the, the uh, strength of schedule, but in my opinion, that argument favors Aaron Rodgers because he does more with less. Good call. Thank you. Good question. I didn't hear the last part because somebody jumped in my ear and said 30 seconds. But If, if he had the weapons of Mahomes, where would some of the other guys be? Yeah, that's a, that's a valid point. I can't I, – yeah, it's good, that he, but you got to be able to – Learn how to manage those weapons and do things with just because you got them. I can give you all the best players in the world, but if you can't figure out how to win with them, what difference does it make? On the way, what happened to Tom Brady's weapons last night? Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.